Thanks for listening and welcome to the CoachMaze.com podcast, where high school basketball coaches can turn to find that one takeaway to add to their already successful programs. Like you, I'm a high school coach, so let me know on Twitter at Coach J. Mays what your takeaway from today's talk was. Coaches, thank you for joining the CoachMaze.com podcast. Today, we are visiting with Tim Hayworth. Coach Hayworth is the head boys basketball coach at Louisville Mayo High School in Louisville, Kentucky. This year, they finished the season ranked number one in Kentucky with a 31-4 record, placing all six seniors in college situations once the season was over with. The year before that, he was 22-10. And And before that, he was the head coach at Hopkinsville High School in Hopkinsville, Kentucky, down in the western part of Kentucky. He was there for seven years, and in five of those seven years, he went to the Kentucky State Tournament. He played at Murray State, was under Coach Mick Cronin, now the head coach at UCLA, and so he got off to a really good start as far as having good mentors in the game of basketball. When asked, what kind of brand do you want the Louisville Mail program to portray, he said this, give something greater than yourself to find your greatest self. Let's dive in with Coach Hayworth. All right, coaches, I am thrilled to be with Coach Tim Hayworth today. Uh, Coach Hayworth and I are becoming friends. Um, I have respected him from afar uh, since I've became a high school coach on the other side of the state of Kentucky. I'm in Ashland, Kentucky, which is in northeastern Kentucky, and Coach Hayworth is at Louisville Mail High School which is uh, not in the western part of the state, but it's still a good three and a half hours away from where I, where I live and where Ashland is. Now, uh, he finished this year ranked number one in the state of Kentucky. And one of the other reasons that I uh, paid close attention to Coach Hayworth is because I think we are flip-flopping that number one spot throughout the year, uh, your team and, and our team at Ashland. And um, so I've just been really wanting to pick your brain, Coach, about you know basketball. And I appreciate you coming on. Uh, and again, our audience is high school coaches and a lot of the coaches in Kentucky, but not just Kentucky, but Southern Indiana, right across the river from you in Cincinnati and in Nashville, where you uh, used to live down in Hopkinsville, Kentucky. You know, you spent time in Murray. So even on the western part of the state, maybe even in, um, in St. Louis area, right. there's a lot of people that, you know, will know your name that's not in Kentucky. Right. So uh, I'm looking forward to our conversation today. So just, let's just start out. You're originally from Graves County, Kentucky, which uh, Mayfield. Is that correct? Yep. Am I yep. right? Yep. So Mayfield. tell me about growing up as a basketball player in Mayfield. Well, uh, you know, my dad's from Los Angeles and my mom's from Mayfield. So, uh, wow. So he's a big UCLA uh, John Wooden fan. And so, uh, you know, so I always grew up. We did grow up Kentucky fans, uh, you know, because he, he enjoyed Kentucky basketball as well. But, uh, you know, just growing up in that small town, you know, basketball's big. So is football, uh, you know, but we – were so competitive, uh, you know, in both sports. And it it was neat, you know, kind of growing up there and just, you know, getting that competitive drive every day from different guys and the athletes that came from Mayfield. And you graduated from what high school? Graves County High School. So I went to Graves, then I transferred to Mayfield, then I came back to Graves. So I I actually played football. Uh, I didn't play my last two years of basketball, which was crazy. Wow. Uh, And so I ended up going to the five-star camp in Pittsburgh, uh, were hired Garfinkel and Will Klein. They ran the camp, and I like had an unbelievable weekend. 
So I ended up going, I walked on at Murray State, uh, you know, and so the rest is history with that. How far is Murray from Mayfield? Oh, it's about 40 minutes. Yeah, I knew it was close. I knew it was close. And when you went to Murray, was Mick the head coach, Coach Cronin the head coach at the time? No, Tavester Anderson was. Okay. And uh, so Coach T was there for my first three years. Mick came in my senior year. So. So did you play all four years? Yes. Okay. And tell me about you really. You stayed on after that and became a graduate assistant there, correct? Yes. So, Coach Cronin, it was pretty neat. So, the banquet that we had that uh, my senior year, he said, "I'm gonna." He said, "I'm gonna hire uh, Tim Hayworth as my grad assistant." He now sat at the banquet, which was neat for me because I didn't know if he was going to or not. <laughs> and uh, so, when he gave me that opportunity, I just, you know, I tried to run with it. I learned so much from him. You know, the two years that I was able to do that and. Uh, you know, I felt like the only reason I got out is because I just felt like God was leading me into high school basketball at the time, uh, you know, and so I just felt like it was better for a family life at that point in my career. Let's talk about that. So we both have, have lived in college basketball circles, right. you know. Um, there's probably a lot of pressure on you as a GA under a quick-rising head coach and Mick Crony left Murray, went to Cincinnati, and now he's at UCLA. Right. Um, and I'm sure you were networking with other GAs and right. other director of ops and things of that nature during that time. And you probably did the unpopular thing of not going to college basketball. Right. So, um, now were you married at the time you were GA? So I, was in, I was engaged. Okay. And so, you know, and so it was just, you know, and it wasn't necessarily, I just felt like for me personally at that time in my life, like I really wanted to see what, you know, I loved high school basketball. I didn't really get a chance to experience it like I wanted to from a player standpoint. And so I really wanted to try to see what it was, you know, about. And I just felt like it was the best decision for right. me at that time. I've always thought that being a college coach um, – has made me a better high school coach. Oh, I 100% agree. And, and I don't know if I don't know if if I'd have been a high school coach for 20 years, if I would have been as prepared to be a college coach. If right. I had, if I had right. flipped that, right? Maybe it, I would have. I don't know because I know a lot of uh, high school coaches that are great, even high major Division One coaches now to this day. Um, and high school was where they got their footing. But I know that being in a, in the college game, um has made me a better high school coach. And what's interesting is I know that I've tried to take how you run a college program and actually yes. squeeze it into how we're yep. supposed to run a high school program. And that's actually, you're probably finding that out. It's not actually, a lot of people don't do it that way. Right. Where you try to run a high school program, like a small college right. program. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I totally agree with you. I, I really feel like from a, even from a preparation standpoint, like your practice plans, like, getting to like figure out what your team like every year is different and -hmm. i think in college like the kids you recruit you can kind of recruit the kids you want you know but there's some kids that might not fit your style as well as other kids have in the past but you're still going to get them because they're going to help you win games and so in high school i think it helps us in high school for the fact that every team's going to be different like you can't recruit in high school so the kids that you've got coming up there might be some strengths and weaknesses. I think those college days help you kind of try to get those kids and try to see what their strengths are. Like, you know, we have a, even a perception, you know, that at Hoptown, man, we were just pressing, pressing, pressing and running. But 
even at Mail, we do a lot of that. But like for our regional tournament, we full court man the whole time. You mm-hmm. never once run and jump, which we were really good at. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So some teams that you just feel like, like I had a team at Hoptown, my last team that went to the state tournament, was the worst pressing team I ever had. Mm-hmm. We had some athletes, but we just we weren't a very good pressing team. But the, it was so ingrained in people's mind, oh, they're going to press. You know what I'm saying? But I had to try to figure out what that what it was for us, what that team needed for us to win. And it was not pressing as much. And I think coaching in college has helped me like it has you. I think it's helped me realize that each team's going to be different. But I also think that college coaches would struggle with the high school aspect of not being able to control who's in your locker room from a talent standpoint. Exactly. You've got to coach them up as they are. 100%. And and that's that's why I think high school coach, like if if you said right, like I respect you so much as a coach. Like I know how great of a coach you are. (laughs) But if I was a AD at a college right now, like there's not a hundred percent. I would have no problem hiring you because I know what kind of a coach. Because high school coaches, like you said, you've got to coach so much mm-hmm. to try to get a guy to a certain level. Mm-hmm. You know, where is you know, it's like a Caleb plan for me. Like he's special good. So like I'm gonna coach him every day, but he's gonna be good regardless who coaches him. You see what I'm saying? You know, one of the interesting things um, and. We are just now to the point where we're having college coaches really start recruiting our guys because, hey, we have, we've had young players. Right. Um, but the college signees that we've had come out of our program the last two years have been um, small college signees, right. good players. Right. Um, but now we're starting to see that landscape change a little bit with um, some Division I coaches. Come, and a lot of these assistants are younger guys. These college right. assistants are younger guys. And I'm 44 now. Right. And, you know, oh, I, I used to be where they are, right. you know. And they'll come in. I remember as a, a college assistant, I would always have this just respect for high school coaches. Right. I don't know if it's because my high school coach I respected so much or my involvement with great high school coaches when I was involved in the Kentucky All-Stars right. here. Um, and just I, I just have always been fascinated with high school basketball coaches. Right. And I used to always have this respect for them, but I never fully understood – the, all the ins and outs. I never saw them teach seven hours during the day. I just saw them in practice, right? And so these these young assistants come into our gym and I'm like this guy has no clue what a high school coach's life is like, you know? Because <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. I, I, I was that guy, you know. So, so it's just interesting. Like you have to be so you have to plan so well from because you're limited on the time that you can spend with them. Oh, in college, man. Anyway, I'm in the office at seven in the morning working on film. Right. You know, that's all I had to do today before practice. And you can have, yeah. like, I can get it. I can get anybody to come in and say, hey, you got individuals with me from 7 to 8.30. Mm-hmm. And then at 12 o'clock, I want you to get back over here and get, uh, you know, 250 shots up. And then at 2.30, we start practice. Mm-hmm. Can't do that in high school. Nope, doesn't work that way. No. You're right. Coaches, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CoachMaze.com podcast. If you're looking for more great basketball content, Please check out these other shows on the Hoopheads Pod Network. Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball with Eric Klump and Justin Gerstung, Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham, and our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and Jason Sunkel. All right, so let's back up a little bit further. So you were, after your graduate assistantship at Murray, 
you were uh, at Murray State. You were an assistant coach at Murray High School. Who was the head coach at Murray High so, School? The neat story here, David Fields. Okay. He was the athletic director and the head basketball coach. So he resigns from being the head basketball coach. He was going to move me in uh, at the time, and they thought I was too young to be the head coach. So Hopkinsville had called me three years in a row. I knew the head coach there, uh, James Simmons. So when Murray didn't hire me as their head coach, I was like, well, I'm going to go to Hoptown. So I went to Hoptown. Me and my wife, we loved it. So we moved there. So I was an assistant for two years. Now, David Fields, who was the head coach at Murray, he got into the caviar business, and he now has the number one caviar business in the country. He was actually on Nightly News last year. <laughs> and uh, so he runs the, uh, if, you, if you follow my Twitter, Caviar King, he's my dude. Like and fish he, eggs. Yes. Caviar. And he's booming it. <laughs> I'm wow. talking booming. It's Good for him. Number one caviar business in the country. All right. So then you become the head coach at Hopkinsville High School. Yeah. And, you know, coaches listening. Yeah. Coach Hayworth won the KHSAA Region 2 Championship five of the seven years you were there. You averaged 25 wins a season during the seven years that you were there, with three of those seasons having 30-plus wins. Dude, how did it happen? Well, first of all, you know, we had really, you know, and I don't want to be cliche here, but we did have, we had really good players. We had uh, – you know, good assistant coaches. But the thing is, like, we had support from the community. Uh, you know, just hearing you talk about the people of Ashland, mm-hmm. like, you know, I know what that what that's about. And, like, it excites me for you mm-hmm. because I see I see what you're doing with that program. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, like, Hopkinsville, it was I – I had a principal, Demetria Choice, and she took a chance on me. Like, I had no head coaching experience. And I knew that there was going to be some people that had head coaching experience. And she basically said, you're my guy. And I'd been there two years as an assistant. Coach Simmons went and took the AD job at Graves. Now he's in Illinois being a head basketball coach. But, like, I literally, you know, like she literally took a chance on me. And, you know, and so, you know, we started my first year. We were 16 and 7. You know, I had some games canceled. It was a year we had a lot of snow. We had beat in a double overtime game. With UHA, we missed six free throws the last two minutes of the game. Killed me. Uh, and, you know, we lost in overtime. The next night, UHA goes and beats Christian County. And then Christian County goes and wins the state title. So, you know, and they, and they so, had a kid who went to LSU. Uh, Anthony Hickey. Anthony Hickey. And yeah. So, you know, and so all those, and, and Coach Stovall, who's a great friend of mine, you know, he won a state championship there. And then, you know, and so the next year, that's when we started rolling, you know, and they had, we hadn't won a lot, you know, until then. And so then it just kept on with just expectations. And, you know, and I, I was tough on them, but I love every one of those kids. Like, I really did. I, I mean, talk, talk to coaches listening about the, the the demographic there that was at Hopkinsville High School. I know a lot of coaches, you know, we're in northeastern Kentucky and eastern Kentucky. Uh, the demographic is different in right. Hoptown. And, you know, when I was at Kentucky Wesleyan, I recruited uh, Hopkinsville players uh, quite often. And just tell me about, you know, the experience being a, a kid from Graves County and getting your first head job at Hopkinsville, just the different experiences, the relationships you have with the kids and the home lives of the kids. What, what, what all was involved outside of the X's and O's? Right. And, you know, it's a situation where it's a little lower income uh, city. And, uh, you know, so, 
you have to take every kid home. You have to pick every kid up. And what it does for you as a coach, like it really shows you, and I know it's cliche and it sounds like, oh, yeah, but it can't be about winning and losing because all those things, like, they disappear. Like, you go to a state tournament, well, guess what you want to do the next year? Go to a state tournament. You know what I'm saying? Like, and so all you have really left as a coach or players, you've got memories. And, of course, we all want to win, and, and we got great memories of us winning the region and all that, and, and those are memories that will last us a lifetime. But the really true meaning of coaching or teaching is having those relationships with kids, and some of my best memories is taking kids home. Mm-hmm. Like taking kids home and, and, like, us talking about things. And, you know, uh, and Hoptown's a tough place. It is. It can be tough on a kid. and uh, But it's a great place, and... Like, there's a lot of people there that care about those kids and do things for kids. And, you know, and I'm a guy that, you know, uh, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. So it's, it's, you know, like we were about working hard and about trying to do the best you can. You don't have to have the nicest car. Like, I didn't have the Nike shoes when I was growing up. And so it really taught me early on, like, I relate. I relate to all the kids that hopped in. Do you do you find it easier to coach kids with a chip on their shoulder that feel they have something to prove because that's sort of how you were coming up? Yes, I do, and I love that. Like, give me a kid that's less talented, but it's just a bulldog that just will not back down, will never be scared. It's not a scared of failure. It, you know, it's not scared of failure, and that, that's the type of kid. Like, even even for me taking the male job, I had a lot of people saying, "Why would you leave Hoptown?" the seventh region, you know, because it is such a tough region. And so there's a part of you, you know what I'm saying? Because there's always that. It's just like when you went to Ashland, you didn't know you were going to blow it out of the water like you have. You didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what your expectations are. That's my expectations is that at Mail, you know what I'm saying? But you don't know that. But our mentality, because we probably have the same, is that we're not afraid to fail. Mm-hmm. Like we're not. And so to be successful, whatever it is you choose to do, you can't be afraid to fail. Like you're gonna fail. Like you're gonna have bad games. You're gonna, you know. And you gotta have kids that have that same yes, mentality. You gotta have kids with that same mentality, and that they're willing to work and put in that extra time. Mm-hmm. All right. So, um, your time ended at Hopkinsville, and you were offered um, the head coaching position and a teaching position at Mayo High School. Before we go into the basketball part of this. I don't know what I don't know. Tell me a little bit about the history of Mayo as a school. I know it's one of the oldest schools, I think, yeah. in Kentucky, maybe in, in the country. Give me a little bit about the background of the school itself. So, so it originated in the 1850s. So mm-hmm. I think it's the oldest school east of the Mississippi. So That's in right. The, in the country. And so, uh, you know, but the tradition there, so it started out where it got, it was the first high school in Louisville. So, you know, when I first got there, of course, I knew, you know, I knew the history before I interviewed for the job. But, you know, when I go around, I said, why do you have an H Mm. on your, you know, but it was called the high school at the time because it was the only high school in the city. So it was called the high school. They changed it to male high school. So they first originally only had boys in the school. And then uh, they integrated boys and girls. And so, you know, it's just grown it's grown bigger and bigger and bigger over time. So now we got 2,100 kids, uh, you know, tremendous amount of athletes have been there. Daryl Griffith, Winston Bennett, 
uh, you know, NBA player Michael Bush, NFL players Chris Redman, uh, you know, and then they've had we've had Major League Baseball players, and so it's just got a lot of tradition. Uh, we've got students that's been senators and all sorts of stuff. I mean, there's, you know, scientists. How, how, how do your administrators look at the athletics component of, of the school? That's, that's, that's a really good question because I would say they really focus in on athletics. It's about culture. Like, I know, and that's the buzzword. Everybody uses culture. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. But it really, the culture there is so good. Like, so every kid in the school wears a male shirt every day. Like, we have a huge bookstore. They go and get, but you have to wear something that says male and then khaki pants. Every boy and girl. So, you go into school, you've got purple, gold, black. You know, you've just got it every day. And the pepperellis, the pepperellis are unreal. Like, mm-hmm. I've never been at a school. Like, and so the school spirit is there. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're packing our games out. You know, um, every game, football game. They're just so much fun to go to. Like, I love going to girls' softball games. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really fun for me. You know, I'm 39 years old. I've got three little kids. Uh, but it's fun for me to take my whole family and just, yeah. uh, just, you know, enjoy the school. So, your first season was 18-19, correct? Yes. Yeah, and you were 22-10, and 10-5 and uh, in the seventh region, and 5-0 and in your district for, for coaches outside the state. In Kentucky, uh, the state's divided into 64 districts and 16 regions. Um, and so you know, that year, Coach Hayworth was ten and five in his region and five and zero oh in his against district opponents. And um, your second year, which was this past season, you finished thirty one and four, seventeen and one in your region, and six and zero oh in your district. And uh, you know, number one in the state of Kentucky. Um, and before the coronavirus caused the cancellation of the state tournament, you were scheduled to play Collins High School which would have been your third time playing them this year uh, in the first round of the state tournament. So a few things about winning winning at Mayo I want to dive into here with you. Uh, let's talk about the RPI. Um, you and I probably, there's a lot we don't know about it, but the the state of Kentucky is um, doing this this ratings power index. You know, we, we know it from, from college sports. Um, you were second in the state at uh, 0.699 last year. We were third at 0.697, I think. Right. I think Lexington Catholic was number one at 0.70. And that's just um, – that's you get points based on the quality of schedule that you play. So you get points for winning. You get points for the opponents that you beat. When they win, you get – I mean, it, it's a power index. Right. Now, I, what I noticed is that um, – some of your games that were out of state weren't on that, right. just like ours. Um, are you of the opinion that I, I, I like where we're going with this because I do think that it's going to be a way that we seed regional and state tournaments right. down the road. Right. And that is my opinion right. only. I'm not speaking on behalf of anybody right. at the KHSAA. But, you know, I sort of like that. Right. Um, and, and I think it will cause people to schedule tougher games right. and play quality opponents. But I think they've got to find a way to get those because you played CPA last year down in Nashville, right. and you played uh, uh, some other good teams. You didn't Chicago get credit for Blown, yeah. Top twenty-five, we beat them. You we didn't played get, Scotland, yeah. Hill, top five in the nation. Yeah, you didn't get credit yeah. for those right. on the RPI. Right. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the RPI? I mean, I, like, I think it's all subjective. You know, any any poll is really. I mean, you know, what I'm saying, uh, but like you said, I, I don't want to see, I don't want to see teams like 
the seventh region is loaded. Mm-hmm. We know that. So we got Trinity and Ballard and Seneca and all these teams. Okay, so night in and night out, we're going to be able to have a, a chance to raise our RPI. What I don't want to see is a team like you had one of the best teams in the state last year, undefeated, 33-0. So what I don't want to see is your team punished if you're not playing Seneca and Ballard Trinity. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to punish, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to punish teams. Well, like that, would, that would be the case because right. your region is going to be more competitive right. than our region. So you're playing who, like, what are you supposed to do? Like, are you supposed to not play your region? You know what I'm saying? No, we have to play our region. You have to play your mm-hmm. region. So that's where, to me, it gets a little subjective. Uh, you know, so I don't know. And so who's who's to say, I think the seventh region is the toughest region. Well, you might think your region is the toughest mm-hmm. region. You know what I'm saying? So Good point. It's all subjective, so I don't, you know, because, like, if you said, was there any team in the 11th region, Lexington Catholic, Scott Kent, any team better than us? No. No, there wasn't. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I don't think, you know, but that's my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? If you ask Coach Brown and Henry Clay, who's a good friend of mine, he'd say, well, I think I was better than Mal. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, and you thought you were better than Mal. You know what I'm saying? Because you should. You're at Ashley. You're not right. at Mal, you know? So, I just think everything's subjective when you look at that. Seniors from your last uh, season's team, where are they now? Elijah Priest went to Hawking University. Uh, Noah Courtney's at Southwest uh, Illinois Junior College mm-hmm. for Jay Harrington. Really good junior college. Mm-hmm. He had some other offers, Georgetown. Some, but he, he really I, and he's six five. He's got a chance to be a Division one player. Uh, you know, so he went there. Uh, Tyron Moore, who is a definite Division one player, he's at Moberly Area Junior College playing for Pat Smith. I know you know Pat real well, so. Uh, just a great, great opportunity for Tyron. Uh, Howard Fleming's at Illinois State. Yeah. Uh, just going to have a tremendous, uh, you know. It's a good situation there. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. don't, they don't realize that. If, yeah. you, if you've ever been there, it's a, it's a good situation. Yeah. And he's got a chance. You know, the thing about Howard, he's a high major player. Mm-hmm. He played 12 games last year. He tore his left, uh, his labrum and his left shoulder. Tore his labrum and his right shoulder this year. So he played 13 games. He's a, to me, he's probably the best player in the state. You know what I'm saying? When you just, when you just say, you know, if, if you're looking at, like, what potential is and all that. How many games did he miss? Uh, so he, he played 25 the last two years, so he's missed 35 wow. games, you know. Uh, so he played 13 this year. Uh, so the last 13 games of the year he played. But he's a 6'5 point guard. You know as well as uh-huh. I know. He will guard you from one end of the court to the other. He hits step-back threes. I mean, he's unguardable. So when you got an unguardable player, like, all right, Howard, go get go get six eight points right here. It makes me look like a really good coach. Yeah, it works. So, and then you got Kobe Scott. He's going to a prep school in Tennessee, and then uh, Jake Evans just was a leader for us. He's going to Northern Kentucky, and he, you know, just an absolute leader. Good. You know, so, so talk to me about your your every. I'm trying to say this the right way. Every year you're playing in the seventh region. You're playing in Louisville, which has two regions, the 6th and the 7th region. And at any given year, the top two or three teams from those regions, from the city of Louisville, can compete for a state championship right. in our state. Well, a lot of times you'll have those teams two or three times on your schedule. Right. Talk to me about how what, what you have to do as a coach from, I guess, a mindset standpoint. You know, your rival, I think, is Ballard right now. Yep. Is that, am yep. I correct in that? In Trinity. So Always you're playing against them at least twice, usually right. three, maybe even four right. times a year. Right. Okay, if right. you get them in the LIT, yes. all right. Yes. Um, 
how do you approach those games? Because I've always looked at it this way. You've got regular season games. Then you've got that game that's at the end of the regular season, which right. is a weird right. weird time to have a rival right. game right as you go in the district right. tournament. Then you have postseason. Right. All right. So how do you approach all those games? Well, for me, like, so when I was at Hoptown, we hadn't beaten Christian County in however many years. So you had to beat them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you got to beat them the first time to be like, okay, we can do it. Mm-hmm. And then once you beat them, you're like, okay, we're not scared. Mm-hmm. You know? So for me, last year, you know, we played we played Trinity in the LIT. We were down two with 30 seconds to go. We missed two free throws. They beat us by, I think, six points. Then we play them at our place, and we have an absolute war with them. And we beat them in triple overtime. Which is a crazy game. I mean, triple overtime. It was a war the whole night. Then... They get upset in our district game. We win our re- or win our district, so we meet in the first round, and everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, that's the worst draw ever." I said, "No, it's not. It's the best draw ever." I said, "Because we're going to get them on our home court." You know what I'm saying? And whoever wins that game is winning the region, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So we have a war with them. We're down one with uh, I think it was a minute ten to go. We missed a layup, put back dunk. They go down, score. Uh, my guy, he, they get an AM one. He throws his hands up above his head. They tee him up. So they shoot four free throws, get the ball, hit a three off the underneath out of bounds. We get beat. Okay, that team was really good. Trust so, me, we got beat by thirty in the second round, and the late day of the state tournament by them. And we, <laughs> but we, we even mentioned so our mindset. We we literally in the locker room. I said, whoever wins this game, it's a good chance we're going to be in the state finals. So mm. that's your mentality. Mm. So even this year, when we're playing Ballard, I told him, I told him, I said, guys, this is, you know, Ballard's good. They're 6'10", 6'9". Like, they're good. You know what I'm saying? They got good guards. They got – I said, we're winning this game. I said, whoever wins it is going to the state finals. So that's your mentality. So I, whether that's right or not, you so, know what I'm So you don't like say, okay, this is just another game kind no. of mentality with those teams. No, I say, hey, we, we're going to win. we got to win. Like, we're mm-hmm. going to play it like it's a state championship. Like, and you'll deal with the after effects yes, if now, it goes south yeah, of right. you. Yeah. Now, we don't show every single thing. Right. Okay. So, like, I, and I talked to you, you know, pressing and all that. So, that's usually what we did at Hop Town. Well, one year we're playing Henderson. They were really, really good. And so, we're down like 20 to 12 in the first quarter. So, I'm trying to figure it out. I was like, man. You know, and we had worked on a 1 2 2 point draw. So I work on it, and I'm sure you do too. We work on five or six defenses for like six or seven minutes in January all the way to the end of the season, six or seven minutes a day in our practice plan, just touching base. Well, we hadn't used it. I don't think we used it there. my whole tenure at Hopjump except that one game. And we played a one-two-two point drop, and Jaquelis was an absolute monster on it. It flipped the whole game. We won 56-38. I mean, we, scored, we were averaging 80-something a game. But for that particular game, and I hadn't showed it to anybody, so it was kind of throwing. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I just hit you with – you hit me with something in the ring. Uh, uh, Steve Wright did it to us in the uh, in the first round of the state tournament. They beat us. He uh, put a box and one on Jordan, and we just hadn't seen it that year. We had worked on it, but we hadn't seen it. So it really made me a better coach because I was like, okay, we're going to start going against a box and one, a train one, two, mm-hmm. all these junk defenses. Because that, that first year that I went to the state, I really hadn't done that as much. You know, you're a young coach. Isn't that funny? And it taught me a lesson. We're, we had a triangle two last year. Right. And uh, 
You know, I, I, I use the exact language you just used, junk defense. Also, I, I turn on TNT tonight, watch an NBA game, see if people ain't playing the NBA, see if those coaches right. aren't playing the triangle too right, right now. <laughs> I mean, right. And I, I don't know if basketball is cyclical and in, in, in how it goes through its trends. But I, I know that these, what we now call junk defenses, were staple defenses in, right. in the 50s and 60s. Right. Okay? And now here they are again, and I'm looking at it in the last year. I'm like, I love this defense because we could incorporate all our man principles hey, on, on, their, on their best scores yes. and zone principles hey, on their not best scores. We played, this is a true story. We played University Heights Academy. This was in 2017. We were tied at half in the first round of the district. They have Kiki Tandy, Trey Hollowell, Jalen Sieber. Wow, they're loaded. They got three yeah. or four Division One guys. And you're playing first. We're really good. I mean, we go to the state tournament. But you're playing UHA in the first round of the district. One of you ain't going to the region. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so we, we played a triangle and two full court. Like, we picked up the two guards who we were chasing. Everybody else was in their triangle. We played it the whole second half. We ended up winning about 30. Because we just we pressured, pressured, pressured. So we're just playing pressure. Full court man to man defense, except we got the triangle waiting back there. You know huh. what I'm saying? Yeah. It was the first time I'd ever done it, but it worked. All right, let's move on to something else. Talk to me about how the feeder system, um, your middle school system, works in Jefferson County public schools. Do you have a set? Uh, do you have set middle schools that feed into your school? How, how does that work for you? So we got three middle schools. We got Barrett, JCTMS, and Johnson. All three of those schools feed into Mail and Butler. So you can go to Mail or Butler at, at any three of those schools. And so those are our schools. Any other middle schools, we can't get any kids from. So, like, if you had a son that goes to, you know, uh, whatever middle school in town, and you're like, man, I really want him, uh, I really want him to come over and get, you know, be at Mail, he can't get in. Mm-hmm. He's got to be in the traditional program. So what do you do to cultivate those relationships with those players, their parents, and those middle school coaches? Right. So I'm really good with the middle, both middle school coaches are good friends of mine, and so I'm constantly at their games, uh, going to see them in an AU ball. I've been there, you know, the last month I've been up there watching a bunch of our kids play. Do, do any of your middle school coaches coach AAU as well? Uh, no, they don't actually. Now, at Hoptown they did. Yeah. You know, but here they haven't as much. Uh, you know, and I got really good relationships with uh, guys over the city, you know, and to me, at the end of the day, it's not even like I don't have a friendship. I don't try to have a friendship to get a player or to have. I just have if you treat me well, I'll become good friends with you. And that's mm-hmm. just the way I've always been. And you don't have to you don't have to be like uh, I got a Tim Barnett in the city, good friend of mine. And his son plays Gabe Sisk. He plays at Ballard, mm-hmm. you know. He's a good friend of mine, so like we have much respect for each other. So, but this is important for you in your job, really developing those relationships yes. with those middle school programs. Yes, and yeah. you want them. You know, I want, I want them understanding our culture. I want them seeing what our school's about. Uh, you know, if you come to Mail, you're probably not just coming for. You know, you wouldn't go to Mail just to say, "Oh, I'm going to go play football there." Or, I'm going to go through all this traditional program just to play sports. Because Mel's one of the better academic schools in it the is. state. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think the average ACT score is 23 mm-hmm. in the whole school. So you go through that strict traditional program for the education. Mm-hmm. And that's what I always would tell anybody. Like, go to Mel for the education. Like, my little girl, she goes to Schaffner, which feeds into Mel. Like, I want her and my, and my other two kids, I want them at Mel, not because of sports. I want them there for the education. That's good. Um, 
to, all right, let's talk about staffing as a high school coach. Um, hypothetical here. You've got a coach that, that leads for a, a head coaching job, and so you've got a position open. The way that you are developing and building your program, what do you do? Do you hire inside? Do you hire a middle school coach? Do you go outside? I mean, how, how do you approach this from you know, a staffing standpoint? You know, one thing I've always tried to do is, like, I try to get to know somebody, you know, and then probably hire that guy that I really know really well. Uh, and I've done it both ways, and I've been burned a couple of times. Mm-hmm not hire, you know what I'm saying, and then they have their own agenda or they're trying to go behind your back. And I, like, I'm not cool with that. So I, I've learned over the years is I'm going to hire, you know, like if I'm going to, if you're talking about moving somebody up, like say you're my JV coach and you leave to get a head coaching job. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to always ask the guys on my staff who wants to do the JV job because I'm going to be loyal to those guys. So you're sort of like what we do is it's somewhat of an escalator. Yes. Absolutely. Um, what's the next yep. step? Well, yep. I, you know, so uh, we're, we're here today with one of my assistant coaches, Coach Ryan Bonner, and this just happened to us this year. Um, our uh, top assistant is now our athletic director at right. Ashland, Jim Conway, longtime head coach at North Laurel. Um, so, you know, very experienced, 23 years in a high school game. And our JV coach was Coach Bonner. Well, the, he saw Jim, that was the next step above him, and several factors, responsibility-wise, pay-wise, things of that right. nature. So now Bonner, we're doing it inside. Yep. Where he's stepping up. People that, you know, our freshman coaches now are going to be our JV coach. Right. Um, and then we're actually going to have co-freshman coaches this year um, that, that we're bringing in. So um, that's the way I sort of – so I like what you said. If you find somebody you can trust, I think you, you plug them in – on your staff at probably one of those bottom positions. Yep. I don't like to use the word bottom, but probably one of the, the lower paid stipend right. positions on right. your staff right. and get them involved. That way you can mold them into right. the ways that you like to do things. Right. And then when one guy moves on, boom, it's next man right. up. You agree with yeah, that? Totally. So when I was at Hopkinsville, my first two years as an assistant, uh, I worked for free. I didn't get paid. Mm-hmm. And because the head coach, he told me, he said, man, he goes, I'm paying Coach Babb over here. I'm paying this guy here. He said, you know, I don't really have another stock. I said, Coach, you're good. I was like, I came here to coach. I didn't come here because of the money. We know we ain't getting paid a ton of money. But it's funny because Anthony Babb, who's now, he's one of my dearest friends, but he's the head girls coach at Hoptown now. Mm-hmm. And he always tells me, he said, you know why you got that head coaching job at Hoptown? When he said you had zero head coaching experience, he said, because you worked for free your first two years. He said, and you never tried to take my money, you know, and I didn't realize it at the time, you know, and God puts you in positions. He gave you your, you know, we understand that, but always think about that. And I tell young guys, don't ever do anything because it's just like, and I would do some of this even at Hopkinsville to try to see who would want it. But I, I might put the jerseys out in front of my desk just to see if anybody would have enough in them to get them and wash them and do them themselves instead of waiting for somebody to do it. Mm-hmm. So you'd see who wanted to do it. Like, are you going to clean a toilet? Like, you know what I'm saying? Is, are you beyond that? Like me as a head coach, I want them to be able to see me. I'll clean a toilet. I have no problem with that. Right. I have no problem washing uh, jerseys. I have no problem doing any of that stuff. Do you like hiring younger guys or more seasoned like, coaches? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's relative. Funny. I know. Yeah, so I got uh, BB, uh, Brent Langer is my freshman coach. He's young. He's 25. He looks like he's 12. Okay, 
but I've got Coach Hamsley, who I hired. He was he's like around fifty nine, and just a great dude. And he was so good for he was the head coach at uh, Floyd Central over in Indiana. And he just I mean, we talk on the way up here, but he's just a tremendous guy. Then I've got Mike Balfour, who played at the University of Louisville. Uh, you know, under Patino, he's a great assistant. Then Keith Cathy, who does all of our social media, just for now, he just got hired as the assistant principal. But he does, I mean, does so. So I think it's important. Everybody's got strengths and weaknesses. Like he's got some kind of strength that maybe you don't have. You know what I'm saying? Like Coach Cathy doing our social media, like he's he's phenomenal with it. I can just tell it, you know. We discuss what's going to go on that, and then boom, he's just do 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 do. You know. And do you have a freshman coach and a JV coach? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then Coach Cates. So I hired Ken Cates. So Ken was the head coach at Shelby County. We grew up together on the western end of the state at, at Grace County. Mm. Okay. He's my assistant now because he's up in Lump. So he, you know, so that was a blessing being able to get somebody that I've known my whole life. So I know a hundred percent he's loyal. How do you how do you delegate work to your assistants? Whether it's scouting, whether it's practice, how, how does that work for you? Do you so, have a routine of some sort? Yes. Yeah, so, well, literally, we'll like I'll give them the practice plan, and I'll say, hey, anything that you want to interject, or you know, like me and Coach Balfour, like I'll send it to him the night before, and I'll say, hey, what do you think we need to work on? Or like even with scouting, you know, if we got if we got three games, we need what I try to do is have a scouting. Uh, everything laid out. So I'll say, hey, I'm going to go see, you know, I'll try to go and see every game, you know, that I can. But if we have three games that we could go see in one night, I'll say, Balfour, can you go here? Yeah, coach, I got it. And I try to do it, you know, three or four days in advance. I don't want to just, like, drop it on them like that, you know. But we're just pretty much, we're on the same page. This was probably the best, this was the best staff I've ever had. Uh, are you are you guys on huddle? Yes. Okay, so who's your huddle pro on your staff? Uh. Are you all good at it, or yeah, someone that's uh, more competent than others? You know, Coach Hamsley's really, really good mm-hmm. with it. Uh, you know, so he knows how to put everything. And you know, I'll be like, "Hey, why? Why is there six? Why is there six games of Ashland on here?" And I'm trying to look at Eastern. I don't know how to figure that. So I'm like, "Can you move Ashland over to the Ashland folder?" You know, <laughs> you know, one of the things that we're going to do this year is going to cost us a, a little bit of extra money. Um, last year. We let me back this up. Last year we went ahead and did that where they break down your game film within twelve hours. So, okay. so yeah, I had yeah. all those I had all those analytics the next okay. morning. Okay. Really? So how was and that? I don't think it ever took longer than three hours. I usually got it about two o'clock in really? the morning. This year, not only were we gonna continue so I guess Huddle, if you're uh, one of the sponsors of the CoachMaze.com podcast, <laughs> this is your chance to. Um, <laughs> so so this year uh, we're going to continue to do that, right. but now we're also going to increase it a little bit to where they're going to break down all our scout films. Because nice. no offense to the KHSAA, not intended at right. all. They got a lot of things going on right now. The right. last thing one that we're worry about is more right. detailed so, stats. Right, right, right. But our stats in the, on the KHSAA website are, are general, basic at best. Okay. Right. Well, I'm an analytic person, right. so that may work well for a lot of coaches. But me, I, I need I, when I do a scout. I scout an opponent based on statistics right. without ever watching film. Right. That gives me my mental picture. Right. And then when I watch the film, then you can see. it's verified so or I it, have to get, get corrected. So now I've they're going to break down those scout films. I've thought about getting it. Does it actually have like where every guy shoots from? Yes, everything. Your, scott, your shot chart. It's important because it's crazy how even coaches, like you can watch yourself coach and I'm like, 
gosh, I've done that four games in a row to start the second half. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I start thinking, I'm like, I know somebody's picked up on that. You know? so, so what it does is, you know, as I, early in our conversation during this episode, we were talking about how, you know, college coaches, they don't understand it. I just had to do seven hours of, of instruction and lesson lesson plans. And, <laughs> and we don't, we only have so many hours in the day. And I think we all are trying to outwork each other and being the most prepared team on any given night. What this does is for a few extra dollars, they're doing all the breaking. So now when I look at it, I can just, t- they have it all tagged. So right. if, I, if, if I'm going to play you two weeks from now, and I'm getting a scout film against you in J-Town, Jefferson Town High School in Louisville. Right. Um, you know, I'm not playing J-Town, so I'm not worried about that. Well, they're breaking down both teams, even though I don't need J-Town stuff. Right. And so now I have all the analytics. And so now if I've got five scout films on you, I've got five games of consistent analytics right. and stats, right. which are gonna it's going to help our game prep. Right. That's one of the changes we're making this year. I like it. So, Coach Bonner, he actually is – he heads our scouting up. He's, he's really talented at that. He's very detailed in his scouting, and I hope that's going to help him. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, I was, I'm glad to hear that because I might, I might get that. Yeah. Because I wanted to see somebody that yeah, – I've never gotten it. And I'm like, man, I might. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Now, let's go to uh, – let's get into some nuggets here. I was doing some research on you, and – I don't know if it was in a Herald Leader here in Lexington or in the Courier Journal in Louisville, but the quote was: um, "Somebody asked you if you were to describe what you want Mail's brand to be. What what would you say?" And your answer was, "I would want it to be give something greater than yourself to find your greatest self." Right. I think that's a great thought. Right. Um, and so, culture is such a cliche word now right. in basketball team culture, locker room culture, program culture. It may be cliche, but it still is very, very right, important. Right. Talk to us about how starting fresh at Hoptown as a new head coach, you went about transforming that culture and then transition that into how you're, how you're building the culture at Mail. Right. Uh, you know, I think any time that, first of all, we all know that you're not going to any state tournaments or competing for regions unless you got talent. I don't care what region you're like, it's hard to win. People, even in other states, can't understand. We've got one state champion. So getting so you really can't be measured on state championships. Like, most coaches in Kentucky are measured on how many times they get to the state tournament. And coaches listening, what, what Coach Hayworth means by that is that we have a classless system in basketball in Kentucky um, where the smallest school will compete against the largest school in the state tournament, so to speak, if they win their region. Right. But, and so, when you're looking at so, first of all, getting to the state tournament is what you're measured on. So, as a basketball player, so you've got to have talent. So, when you're at a school that's got talent, all right, you've got to get everybody, every one of those kids, to buy into your culture. And I know it's 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 easier said than done. You know what I'm saying? But you've got to get those guys to be willing to say, you know what, I'm Howard Fleming, and there's probably any other school, even in this city, I would go to, and I might average 25 a game. And he probably would. Caleb Glenn could go to any school in the city, even as a freshman, and average 20-something a game yeah, with that body, you know, with how good he is. But when you're on a team, like, so so all those kids had to sacrifice something. Jake Evans, like, Jake Evans, he's going to Northern Kentucky, average nine points a game. You know what I'm saying? 
So he could have went to another school and averaged 25 and been the man like every night, you know? And so you've got to give something, you've got to give it up inside you. You've got to give up something to be a part of something that has the potential to be something great. And even if we hadn't won the region, like we would have still been okay. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because our self-worth is not based on winning. It's based on like, what can I sacrifice for the betterment of the team, but also get something out of it myself. You know what I mean? What are some things that you do to achieve this? All right. So like even in practice, so we do a practice, we do a plus minus chart. So the pluses are always going to be something like an offensive rebound, taking a charge, an assist. It's always going to be something that can, it's going to be self, you giving up something. Taking a charge is a lot of courage. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Passing, passing up a good shot and getting a great shot. Well, I just got plus for the day. You know, your minuses are bad attitude, minus 10. You know, if I see your palms, if you start having bad, you know, you take a shot, you miss two or three in a row, and you're like, minus two, give them a minus 10. Like, why are you slumping your shoulders? Like, keep shooting it. It was a good open shot. Uh, You know, so minuses, turnovers, can't turn the ball over. Uh, You know, those kind of things. Pluses for deflections. You know, being active. Who keeps that for you in practice? So, uh, managers and coaches. So, I would probably, like you were talking about, let's see the young guy that really wants to be a head coach. Let's let's put him totally in charge of that and say, hey, you're in charge of the plus minus. Now, this is one of the most important parts of practice. And let's just see how good of a job he does with it. Mm-hmm. Does he take it serious? You know what I'm saying? Because it's important. Like, we might sit here, you know, somebody, college coaches may come into practice and never recognize him. You know what I'm saying? Oh, he ain't out there, you know, he ain't out there getting on a player, this or that, but he's as important as anybody in that practice. Right. So, you know, so I think those things help build culture and then just constantly doing things with your guys, doing fun stuff. What are you doing off-season in the summer? So we have the – fortunately, we have that – we have an unbelievable league. Yeah, well, is that at Mail? It, no, it has been in the past. Is it's it at Old Mail? been at – Old Mail has hosted it. Yeah. Uh, Moore High School – then you go right across the river, ten minutes away, New Albany, Jefferson, Jeffersonville, like so. We're in that Southern Indiana, and I mean, it's the whole. It's so good, like you're just traveling ten minutes, and you're getting great competition. You play thirty JV, thirty freshman, thirty varsity. Of course, we didn't get to do it this summer, but it's such an advantage. So we do that, and then we do a lot of individual improvement. So we would come back July tenth, and we usually do individual improvements. Working on shots, letting guys play, you know, five on five, they want to play. Do you ever do any non non basketball development with your kids? Um, bringing bringing guest speakers in, leadership development. Yep. Any what, what do you? Yeah, we do. How a, do you touch those? We do areas? a ton of. Uh, we do a ton. You know, and it's really where. So Russ Smith, so Coach Balfour and Russ are really good friends. Me and Russ got to be close on him speaking to the team. He literally, and I said, I'll never be able to thank him enough. Uh, you know, but I, I'll never forget. Uh, he drove down to CPA Christ Presbyterian Academy. This is my first year at Mount, and we lost a heartbreaker at the buzzer. And we were like, I think at the time maybe ten and seven. And he gave a speech to the team that I'll never forget. He was talking to me. He's like, "Man, you got a great coach here," and you know, and he was just really because I was down, you know, coming to a new place, and you know, and so he just really, but it was through him speaking to our team. I let him speak to our team. He knows he's more than welcome in the gym anytime. Uh, but I think it's important to have guest speakers. I think it's important 
uh, you know, we took them to a main event where they played video games. It's just, we just have fun. Like, I'm serious. Like, I, I want to have fun with my guys. I don't want to just be basketball, basketball, basketball. I think those moments where you're not in a uniform, you're not on the hardwood, you're not in a school facility even, I think those moments can be very impactful. Yep. Um, whether it's the entire team or whether it's just um, one player. So, yep. for example, last night I had um, three of our players over in my house and we were on the Adidas Uniform Designing website. And, That's awesome. And I let them yep. play with my, you know, yep. we had a laptop up on the yep. big screen and they were designing uh, our That's home awesome. uniform for next year. And those are memories. That, yeah, exactly. You know, and whether you win or lose, like, Gosh, you want to get back to the state tournament? You got a great team to do mm-hmm. it. But let's just say you don't do it, then you're still going to remember that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be, wow, yeah, remember when they came up? You know. So I found out even years that we don't go to the state tournament, like they're still good. You know what I'm saying? Great yeah. memories. Yeah. So. All right. Now, how are you deliberate with your younger kids in your program? Your freshmen, your sophomore, your freshmen, your sophomores that still need to develop but aren't on the varsity roster yet. Do you do anything differently with them than what you're doing with your varsity program? You know, so what we do is we'll take the practice plan and I'll give it to our freshmen and like two. So we'll have three coaches in the small gym and we'll be practicing in the large gym. And so we pretty much do the same thing. At the so same I'm, time? Yes. So, so that, who's in that small gym? So it'd be the freshman. So your JV. JV is with you? Freshman and JV in the small gym. You're the only coach I've met since I've become a high school coach that does that, other than me. My, our freshmen and JV practice together yes. because the, the the gap between freshmen and JV it's players smaller. is smaller yeah, than JV said. and varsity. Yep. And it, you know, people thought I was, I even had assistants on my staff like, no one does that, you know, and it was a trial period for us last year. And I'm sure we'll get better at it this year. But here's the other positive that I tell parents of those kids, because, you know, parents sort of want to keep up with the Joneses. Right. not all, but right. some. So why is it my son in the varsity right. practice? You know, in our freshman and JV practice, we're going to have three paid full time Ashland Blazer basketball coaches in that practice. Right. How many freshmen and JV practices where that's the case? Right. You know? Right. Every day. Right. And now we don't have two gyms, so we can't do it simultaneously. So that my coaches actually have to put in extra time and they have to stay right. over and, and, so, and do that as well. And that's a huge blessing at Mail. So I was at Hoptown. We would practice. We'd flip-flop the girls every week. We'd go 3.30 to 5.30, girls 5.30, 7.30, freshmen 7.30 to 9, JV and freshmen. So that was like every every night. So, you know, here at Mail, it's been like, okay, like. How, have you – did, have you done it that way even when you were at Hoptown, or did you yeah. just start that at yeah, Mayo? Yeah, I did when I was at Who, I don't know anybody else that does that. Um, do you? It's funny. I don't. You're, yeah. you're right. That's unique. Yeah. Hmm. you got to have the staff willing to put in the time to do that. Yes. That's that's key to that. Yes. Um, talk about some of the challenges that you have at Mayo and in coaching in Jefferson County Public Schools which, again, coaches is in the city of Louisville, which is one of the largest school districts in the country. Every high school coach has challenges. What are some of yours? What are the solutions that you've developed to counter those challenges? Uh, you know, I mean, I think every challenge is relative to where you're at. I, you know, I wouldn't sit here and say that there's any, like, real challenge, you know, 
you're always going to have kids from different parts of the city, you know, so uh, we can either take them home or they can use the torque, you know what I'm saying, to get home. I guess that would be a challenge. What is, what is the torque? For, uh, just a bus, bus system where you just, you know. For the city of Louisville, yep. And they go. So, you know, it's, uh, but as far as like challenges go, I mean, there's not really, I guess you would have like, probably from a facility standpoint would be my biggest, like at Hoptown. Made that locker room so nice. Had a hospitality room for the games. And it's just like we worked on it. Like we did it. You know, whereas in when you're in a school system with 30 high schools and like you better not touch anything without board approval, without making sure your stuff's in line, you know. And so that's a little bit different. Like if you go in right now to Ashland, you could probably, you could probably paint the whole locker room if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even get permission to be okay. Right. You, know, you might get fired in Jefferson County doing that. Really? You know, so that would be a challenge, uh, you know, from just, you know, you constantly want to try to upgrade things and those kind of things. So you got to understand that. But you, you play so many teams in your own city. You don't get to travel outside and right. play many outside so, your city, do you? Right. So, so, the good th- so we might travel at Hoptown. We, you know, we're constantly, we play Finley Prep. We play, you know, so we're always traveling. You know, but even for your region games, you're traveling from Hoptown to Union County. Have you ever made that trip? <laughs> Man. All right, so you're an hour and 45 minutes on a two-lane. You know, so you're getting done 10 o'clock. You're getting back at midnight. At mail, like, we don't even take a bus a lot of times. I'll say, hey, guys, uh, meet me at the gym. Varsity guys, you're going to be at the gym at 6. And they just so get their gym. own transportation there? Yes. See, we're not even allowed to. We're not allowed to do that. You know, it's, right. uh, and I know in Fayette County, they, they've went to that for a lot of reasons. One, right. programs are being asked to pay for the bus transportation, right. which in most cases isn't, right. isn't cheap. Right. And, and a lot of times we take a bus, just, you know, Coach Kelsey, get, I mean, anytime we want a bus, we can get a bus. But, right. like, a lot of, I mean, we're just seven minutes away. Uh, we're probably, you know, like, Fairdale's seven minutes from my house. Fern Creek's four minutes from my house. You know what I'm saying? And my, but my kids live in the same area. So, I mean, we're literally, like, right there. You know, mm-hmm. so if you take a bus, you're, like, traveling 20 minutes over to mail. Mm-hmm. You know, to go 20 minutes back, you know. Who are some of your coaching mentors? Uh, you know, Coach Field, David Fields at Murray High School. Uh, Coach Cronin was huge, instrumental. Like, he's, you know, he was amazing. I learned so much from him. Uh, and then, you know, Coach Simmons was at Hoptown. He gave me the opportunity. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't have never been at Hoptown. So definitely, you know, a mentor of mine. But, and, I, and I've tried to, you know, the thing is that one thing that I've always tried to do, my dad told me to emulate people that are successful mm-hmm. and never think that you know more than somebody and never get a big head, never, you know, it's easy once you go to a state tournament, you know, like people start coming, you know, it opens the doors, you know, to different avenues and you talk to coaches that you never thought you'd probably even talk to, you know, but be humble about it because, you know, you could be in a situation where you never, you know, if I, it's just like when I left Hoptown, I mean, God could have put me out in the middle of nowhere. I could have never won another game again in my career. Or he could have put me at mail, which he did. Thank God he did. You know what I'm saying? Right. But he could have put me somewhere else. So just always be humble because I know, and you know, a lot of great coaches that's never been to a state tournament. Oh, my goodness. You know, and so I mean, one comes to mind right now, and I'll give him a prop, is my, my friend Robert Scott Creech at Wolf County, Kentucky. Wolf County's never right. been to state tournament. 
And I wish more coaches would know Robert Scott Creech because he's such a good coach. And man, I swear he's going to coach till he's ninety till he goes gets that right. team to the state oh, tournament. They got right. a team that can do it this year. Awesome. But you're right. You're right. There's so many. You know, something hit me one time. We were uh, we were actually number one in the state when it was at Hoptown, and we we played. It was Trinity in the second round. It was a horrible matchup for us, and we got beat. And uh, I'll never forget. I was, you know, the, the KBC Coach of the Year awards like in between, like halftime of like. So I remember going down there, and I was still mad over the game. And I was sitting there, and I was pouting. And coach asked me. He said, "Coach, he's like." You know, how's it going? I said, not too good. I was like, I'm, 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 you know, just mad over the way we played. You know, if that guy said, I don't even know who it was. He said, coach, he said, I'd do anything. He said, I've been coaching 30 years. I'd do anything. Play like crap right there. And it hit me. Mm-hmm. That's so true, man. That's great. Great me. story. And so I remember that. And I was like, man. And so from then on, because that was, that was like year two, you know, when we went and I said, okay, no matter what happens, Win or lose, I'm going to enjoy it. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. If we get beat twenty, if we get beat thirty, if we win, like I'm going to enjoy it. After after that game's over, I'm putting it out of my head, and we're going to go out. And that so that the last the last three times, I enjoyed it. When we got beat, we went out and ate with the coaches, and right. we had fun. We did yeah. that. Yeah. Yep. Trinity beat us by thirty, and we we had a good yep. dinner afterwards. Hey, <laughs> but, but you know what? That's what you should do. Yeah, That's it Because we were the whole time. I'm thinking that we're everything we do from this point on is for next year, right? And you know, and I watched and I watched your team, and I was like, man, he must be an unbelievable coach. <laughs> 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 All right, three more questions. Um, trying to wrap this up, we got about five minutes. Um, <clears throat> how do you promote your players to the next level? What What are you doing? As I, I mean, I know that a lot of parents, a lot of people outside. of of the industry. They think it's our job to promote our players. I'm of the belief that it, it is, it does fall on right. us. Now their play has to warn it right. as well, but right. what are some of the things that you do to help well, your players I mean, get to the next level? I'm constantly, one thing that I have done a good job of is that I'd never burn a bridge. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like, and I tell young guys that just don't open your mouth unless you got something good to say out of it. Like don't burn bridges. Don't talk about people behind their back. And so, I do have a lot of good college connections. And I do call those guys all the time. And I'm like, hey, come in here and watch this dude. And so we're right by the airport. So I'm using that to my advantage. I'm like, you can fly right in and come over and watch our game. So, yeah, you are right next to the airport. Right? Mm-hmm. So so I'm constantly talking to them about coming in. So we have a lot of college coaches that come in and watch practice. And I do think the more they can see that, the more they're like, okay. So we'll have early morning. We might go in, you know, five thirty, six o'clock. Like, I mean, we set up some, we set up some for some Division One coaches to come in at six o'clock in the morning, and we will do that. You know, hopefully everything will open up at some point. Hopefully, we can do that in September and October this year. Uh, you know, get coaches in there watching, you know, yeah. watching practice, and then you know, promote them on Twitter as much as you can. You know? So, what are your thoughts on AAU basketball and how it intersects with high school coaching? See, I I love AAU basketball. I know that a lot of guys don't. There's bad coaches at AU and high school and college. Like, you're gonna find all sorts of different. Now you gotta, you gotta understand. You gotta keep your guys. You gotta know there's some bad people out there, mm-hmm. and they'll try to manipulate. I mean, it's just the way it is. So it's just not AU. It's high school. I mean, I've seen coaches before not treat guys right, and you know what I'm saying try to, you know. So I think AU is a really good thing. I think it can be used to, you know, help kids play. You know what I'm saying? Now you're gonna have some that aren't. 
you know, they're not very good. Well, I embrace it too because it does, it it, it helps our kids get exposure. I love what the NCAA did two years ago where we had those periods in the summer. We can coach our teams in front of college coaches. 100%. But I'm having a good experience now with our guys. And I think one of the reasons why is because I have a direct relationship with these the AU coaches that our kids play for. Right. And so those those um, those coaches know that I'm not being territorial necessarily, but they know that I've got to have Coach Mays as part of this process. Right. And for and fortunately our culture is strong enough where our kids want me right. to be a part of that process. Right. And so how cool is it you go into watch one of your kids play AU mm-hmm. ball and you're not having to yell at it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and, and I'm tr- actually, and I'm trusting the guy yes, coaching them. Yes, yeah. and you can actually say, you know what, man, like, hey, you know how you did this right here, like, yeah, you can, you know, and you can be encouraging to them and kind of be more like a parent and a fan than you do have to coach them. So I think it's a good thing, and I think it's fun. I do, I, I do, I, and love I it like too. our kids playing for other coaches yep. and yep, other coaching techniques too, because and everybody's I think it's different. Good. Yeah, like hell, like we might, you know, we're probably more the same. But like some coaches, you know, some coaches like like they sit down and they're calm and they, you know, I'm not that dude. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not. I never sit. Down. Only time I've sat down is when I've got a technical. You know what I'm saying? Because I just that's my. You know, I just like having energy on the sideline. I do. It's not not anything. It's just the way I'm. I'm yeah. You know. All right. Last question. Shot clock in high school basketball in Kentucky. You for it? You need. It. Okay. Why do you say that? I think if so, if you're playing high school ball, so I think everything. So if a kid's in an English class or a math class in high school, we're trying to prepare them for what college, right, or the next job, the next step in life. If you're playing high school sports, high school basketball, like shouldn't we be preparing them if they're good enough? Like I just had, if they're good enough to to go play college basketball, shouldn't we be preparing them for the next level? And I think the best thing for that is to have a 35-second shot clock because it's going to help prepare. That's what college – if college didn't have a shot clock, I'd say, no, we don't need it. But since college does have a shot clock, I think we need to have a shot clock because it it replicates the college game. What would you say to the coach that came to you at the state tournament and said, I'd I'd do anything to have that mess? You just played right there for 30 years. I've been – and one of the reasons why he's been coaching for 30 years and he hasn't been there is because he doesn't have talent. He doesn't have the kids that are going to play it's, at the next it's level. T- it's so funny. I was just on a podcast the other night, and the guy asked me the same thing because they have it in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I said – Yeah, they just turned said, it on. And I said, I don't want to be insensitive to it because if I was at that school – you know what I'm saying? But I think what I told him was if you can't draw up a, a, a good play in 35 seconds to get a shot, you don't need to play basketball. I mean, I just – I don't want to see as a fan, or if I'm a college, say I'm a college coach and I come, say we're in the state tournament together, and you're like, God, man, like, males got athletes. I've got three really good guards. I'm going to hold this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm not holding for two and a half, three minutes. Mm-hmm. We're going to just shorten the possessions. To me, like, it's just like, man, like, I came here, I drove all the way here to see Caleb. I drove here to see your guy. And, man, the score's. 28 to 24. Ashland upset them. <laughs> you know, I was just, so, I mean, you see what I'm saying? I just think I want to see the game. What play. do you, what do you think? But I do understand. What do you think too. players want? And not, not just, not just your, 
inner city, t- you know, right. uh, players. But the know, but the kid question. in Mayfield, Kentucky. Know, what do you think question. he wants? I don't know. What do you think? I think they want Shuckler. I do too. I, I mean, wouldn't you? Like, they want they want to when, emulate a college when game. Yes. When I played, I'm like, man, I want it to be a sh- like. I just don't want to see a minute and a half taken off the clock. Let's get the back screen and the back cut. You know what I'm saying? Like you yeah. can get all, you can make the game. And really, you know, it's funny because if you look at, you know, 35 seconds, that's that's even quite a bit of time. I mean, if you think about it, you know, we have two possessions. There's one minute. You know what I'm saying? Like if we both go down and, and use 30 seconds, that's one minute. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Well, man, this is a great talk. Um, Man, I have enjoyed this um, as me- as much as any one I've done so far. And you know, the CoachMaze.com podcast is growing; it's in its infancy. I'm learning with every new episode. But um, you know, I-, I think one of the things that we're always going to try to do is to keep it simple. Right. I think a lot of times we complicate the simple, and I don't. Right. Wanna- I just want to have discussions with coaches. And so, hopefully, coaches listening, you found your one takeaway from today's conversation with Coach Hayworth to make your program better tomorrow than it was today. That being said, Coach Hayworth, it's been a pleasure, man. Man, appreciate it, brother. And the job you've done at Ashland, well, thank much you. respect. I'm well, thank you. You've blown it out of the water. Well, so. we're all ambassadors for our own communities and our own schools, and I think you know we're also ambassadors for this great game and our great state. Hey, and listen, if you ever have a clinic, I'll come speak at it, no joke, for free. I've never been to Ashland. And really? You tell me it's a beautiful city. <laughs> so it's a, a clinic, it's a cool town. It's a cool town. Yeah. It, it's a lot like Owensboro. Really? So, oh yeah. man, that's my wife. Uh, she's from Owensboro. Yeah, she went to Owensboro Apollo. Yeah. So. All right, well, Coach, thanks for your time, man, and uh, we'll see you down the road. Coaches, we sort of had a basketball buffet of sorts today. We talked about a lot of different subjects with Coach Hayworth. My takeaway today was something, not something that he said during our time together. It's just. The aura, the how, what he exudes before interview, during interview, and and after the interview was, make sure you're coaching the person first, the player second, and I think he does that in his programs, and that's why his players respond so well to his coaching. Again, coach the person first, the player second. Hopefully, you found your takeaway because that's our goal of the CoachMaze.com podcast is to allow high school coaches to find that one takeaway that will make your program better tomorrow than it was today. If you have any questions or you want to share your takeaway, hit us up on Twitter at CoachMazePod or at CoachJMaze. Thanks for listening to the CoachMaze.com podcast. 